What was that? Yeah, well, there's nothing wrong with your laser. I told you you couldn't get through. Well, then maybe it's time for a smoke. Mullets and Memories, a MacGyver podcast about MacGyver. Season 1. Hey there, Grego. Hey, David. How's it going? I'm swell. How about you? I am wonderful. We have a fantastic episode lined up for this evening. What do you think? I think this was amazing. Did you like it better than last week's, or was it pretty on par? I think this one was a little bit above. There are yeah. a couple of reasons. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that, definitely. But uh, first off, welcome to another episode of Mullets and Memories. Uh, my name is Dave Champa. I am Greg Klein. And this is episode 21 one more to go, David. A prisoner of conscience. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna save you the trouble of having to read the synopsis and just tell you that Matt gets crazy in an asylum, <laughs> and yep. it's freaking amazing. So, <laughs> so you're saying that you think that this was better than last episode by by a slim margin. Yeah. I mean, last episode was fantastic. This one, I think, as a package, notched it up. Just a bit, because he didn't have some weird lady like betray him at the yes, end. Yes, exactly. And I just think, um, I think I know what scene we're talking about that sort of rises above and puts this episode in a, lev- in a level that I think no one's ever seen before. Yes. yes. Um, so the only little bit I have here is that I actually kind of looked up um, what Prisoner of Conscience meant just because I wanted to see how well it tied into the episode. And Mm -hmm. so what I came up with here is that a prisoner of conscience is a person who has been imprisoned for holding political or religious views not tolerated by their own government. Unfortunate. Unfortunate, but makes complete sense for this episode. It does. So let's jump right in here. Um, So we open in Moscow, where MacGyver is picnicking in a park. As you do. Just eating an apple in a park. Oh, I made a note. Oh. Another apple. Yes. He eats a lot of apples. He does. I mean, an apple a day. You Uh, know what they say. Keeps the MacGyver at... Yeah, that's the one. So in in our (laughs) spreadsheet, we should have an apple column as well. We'll have to go back through and take a look. But yeah, that's another apple. So we see Mac sitting in a park, and in the background, you see kind of a figure just sort of like lumbering around aimlessly. (laughs) And it's, it's Pete. Pete Thornton just sort of like wandering around and, and he, lumbering around. It's just like you can see he's like kind of looking down. He's holding his coat. He has no idea what he. He literally clearly looks like he has no idea what he's doing. So he notices MacGyver, completely shocked to see MacGyver there. So we initially think that MacGyver's there. Or at least I did. I thought he was on a mission of some sort. But it right. turns out that Pete took an emergency leave of absence from his job and left the country. Wow. And MacGyver says that MacGyver basically follows him. Mm-hmm. He trails him. You brought up a point that do you think that the federal building or the the, the job that they work for, do you think they paid for that? I don't for know. For MacGyver to leave or for because Pete to take a leave it, of absence? It's suspicious. Okay, Pete leaves on his own and disappears, and Mac follows him. It's like, oh, I'm going to follow Pete. Right. Where's Pete it's like going? like a lonely little puppy. I'm going to follow Pete. <laughs> Drops, I guess, whatever he's doing. Yeah. 
I don't know. Yeah, he so yeah, he literally drops everything and just like gets on a uh, gets on a plane to Russia. No, I'm going to assume Mac probably gets paid pretty well. I would think so. I don't think that they paid for him to do that. I think they may have paid for something of Pete yeah. to do, but like I don't think they paid for Mac to be like, "Oh guys, I want to f- I want to follow Pete. I I, re- I miss him." <laughs> Cuz you kind of get the sense that he did miss Pete like, "Damn it, Mac, can't you be alone for a little while? <laughs> can't you just live on your own for a little bit?" No. I want I want Pete. <laughs> One piece. So, what actually I thought was a really nice loyalty bit here was that Mac basically says, like, Pete, if you've got trouble, so do I. Like, yeah. I'm here to help you, which I thought was nice loyalty. And I think this episode, we haven't seen Pete in a couple of weeks. Um, mm-hmm. He's only shown up in, like, the beginning of a few episodes here and there. This was a very, um, I hesitate to say, use the word meaty Pete episode, <laughs> but... <laughs> It was a very, it was a kind of a very Pete heavy episode. Full of Pete meat. It was full of Pete's meat. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. <laughs> okay, so we see here Pete is here because a friend of his, his name was Alexander Karasov. Mm-hmm. He died three days earlier due to his contact with an American secret agent. We assume that it was someone else, but we find out like seconds later that Pete was the secret agent that Alexander was talking to. Mm-hmm. Pete insists there was no spying. There was nothing sort of shady going on there. He was helping Alex move letters from political prisoners to relatives and friends outside of Russia. Sure. sure. Someone blew the whistle on him. Which I guess is not espionage, but is illegal. Right. Right. So. Exactly. So someone blew the whistle on Pete, or on, on um, Alexander, and the Russians caught Pete and executed him. Yeah. What I didn't understand about that is like there was they, they, Pete just says they slip something slipped up right and the Russians caught him like they didn't need to get very detailed about it but I think a better explanation would have been slightly more helpful than yeah. someone slipped up and they caught and killed him oh we went out and we were seen in public or you know right. I dropped the letters I left a letter trail and someone followed it right to me. or like somebody had we you know someone had bugged our line and right. realized who. Instead of just saying somehow they slipped up, <laughs> which is like lazy, it is. It was very simple to change with like a couple of words, but but that's all MacGyver needs to hear. Exactly. So, I don't judge. I just help. Exactly. So Pete is now worried that because of what happened with Alex, they're now going to go after Alex's daughter Maria. Mm-hmm. They're going to arrest her. So Mac wants to know, like, okay, well, how how can I help? Pete won't let him. He's like, no. This is my job. This go is my home, thing. Mac. Yeah, go basically go home. It's like it's like a Harry and the Hendersons. Go home. Don't you oh, see you're not needed? Oh, Get out of here. Go. Oh, <laughs> ooh, <echo> location. Okay. <laughs> um. So Mac was like, "Listen, I traveled ten thousand miles to Russia. Like it or not, I'm going to help you." Is is Russia ten thousand miles? I guess it is. I yeah. might be. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. From California to Russia, I mean, eh, depending on which way they went, I'm I assuming so. they went west coast. They probably went over the. Uh, Maybe he took a dirigible. Maybe he did, and I hope I wish that they had a scene with him doing that. <laughs> so Pete relents and lets Mac help, but Pete says, "I got to go see Maria first. She's a very nervous person, which I didn't get at all. No, nope. <laughs> but she was nervous in any capacity." No, Mac agrees and waits. But when Pete disappears out of sight, Mac just quickly doubles back and yeah. follows he him. He just follows him. Just walks, <laughs> follows him like, yeah. It's just like Mac doesn't listen, which obviously we've come to know. But yeah, especially with like Pete, who's clearly one of his closest friends. Right. When Pete tells you like, don't follow me, mm-hmm. just listen to the guy. But now no. it's funny, like I, I, this whole thing, I, I pictured Pete as as Marcus Brody like in the yes. Middle East. Yes. Like stands out like a sore thumb. He really does. Like doesn't know what he's doing. Right. 
that's the impression I got of Pete. Yeah. I he, love Pete. I love him. But, but yeah, he seems a little bumbling. Yes, that was my word. The word I was yeah. thinking was very bumbly. He's right. just like, yeah, dum 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 So <clears throat> Pete tried to convince Maria to let him take her out. So, like, so he met Maria at like this her house, I guess, or a cabin. In the middle of a pond. Which wasn't far from where Mac and Pete were hanging no. out. Which we know now that's probably why Pete was in that park. Right. Why Mac, re- unless Mac was probably trailing Pete, we don't really realize like why how Mac ended up in that park. Right. Because now we know Pete was there because she's clearly only a couple minutes away from that park. Sure. With the accordion player at the picnic table. Um, <clears throat> so... He gets to the house and he tries to convince Maria, let me take you out of the country before you get arrested. Mm-hmm. No sooner does he say that than three men arrive, two of them get out of their car, and they knock on her door. Yeah. They ask her to come in down to the station for questioning. Maria basically is like, you know, I know what that means. Yeah, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> like, she's like, I, I don't believe you. I'm not going anywhere. She's, not- like, she's like, try to find a fair trade. Like, right. all right, well, I'm, I'm not coming with you. She refuses. The men persist. And then Pete, Iron... Iron Arms Pete. <laughs> God, like, yes. He slams the door onto the guys, knocks them both back over the railing into the water. Yeah, because her, her little cabin's like on like a pond or a lake yeah. kind of thing, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. He's an older dude, like probably mid to late 60s at this yeah. point. In the, he had to have used so much force to knock two men over the railing and into the water. Yeah, to push them back across the walkway, to hit the railing for them to flip over it. I mean, it was sheer brute strength was, on Pete. It was Pete meat strength. It was the, it was the old, good old meaty Pete strength. Oh, <laughs> oh, meaty Pete. So he and Maria run. MacGyver follows them. He doesn't now at this point. Pete doesn't know that Mac has been trailing him to Maria's house. Right. So MacGyver follows, but not before grabbing a potato and a pile of potatoes and a pile of potatoes under a tree. <laughs> And shoving it into the tailpipe of the car. The, you know, the potatoes must have fallen out of the potato tree. That's exactly what happened. Perfectly into that bucket. Yep. So so he shoves one of the potatoes into the tailpipe, obviously, to stall the engine. In, in, in no calm way. He's like, like, yeah, pushing it in. Yeah. And lest we forget, there's a third guy just sitting in the driver's seat waiting to drive away. With the engine off. He didn't feel... The car shaking. He didn't happen to see a guy shoving a potato in the tailpipe. <laughs> so that was one bit I was like, that doesn't make a lot of Pulled sense. Pulled an axle fully. Exactly. So, but what I did love here is I love Pete's reaction upon realizing that there were boats. Because he, when he realizes that Mac's following him, he's like, hey, Mac, you got any ideas? And he goes, how about the boats? And Pete's like, Oh, right. The boats. <laughs> oh, yeah. The two boats perfectly. No, there weren't. There were more boats there. there were. It, it, this is back at the beach that they first met at. Right. Beach Park, whatever. It was a right. weird little thing right, with right. the gazebo. They ran all the way back there with these henchmen in tow because when they started the car, it wouldn't start because there's a potato in the tailpipe. Right. Awesome. Sure. Yeah. And then they go off on foot. And they chase them down to the beach. And they go down to the beach where and... there are boats. Oh. <sighs> This is where the episode went up a notch. It reached a pinnacle here yes. that I don't think we actually saw in the rest of this season. No, and I'm I'll be hard pressed to find something this good happen again. I mean they so MacGyver, Pete, and Maria take off in a boat and they just they just gun it down this river. And these boats <clears throat> are, are are jet boats. They're like cigarette boats. They're yeah. In- but they're they have impellers. They're, they yeah, don't yeah. have like outboard motors, right. they're like internal, so they can skim on really flat, yep. like shallow water. And they take off. And then the guys follow them pretty closely. But the scene goes on for, 
I, close to five minutes, mm-hmm. and it's just and it's so good and so well shot and and choreographed. Like even like the top down shots where you can clearly know that you know that they're stunt doubles, like those looked good. Like you couldn't yeah. tell that the stunt doubles were actually in the boats because of the shots that they were taking. These boats were moving so fast, yeah, across the water. Like you said, they were skimming across the water, and just mm-hmm. at one point, like a, the boat hits a wake, and he like sl- you can hear the noise of it. He just slams down onto the water <laughs> and starts chasing it. And I, I mean, I could talk. I love boat chases. Yes, one of my favorite parts of any show or t- or movie. Love, love, love boat chases. They're this, pretty damn good. This was easily one of the most intense, best chases I think I've seen in <clears throat> years. And we got a little audio of it ending. So how how do how does this chase wrap up? So in order to get the men off their tail, uh, MacGyver cl- clogs the intake for the boat's inboard engine. So he uses a life preserver. But he makes a life preserver, actually, or a floating device made from a blanket, ropes, and jerry cans. Yeah. Ties them all together, and then he throws it over the back of the boat. The guys can clearly see it, but drive straight over it. Soon as the <laughs> rope hits the inboard engine, it just sucks. It yeah. just sucks it right into the engine and stalls the boat. And for some reason, the, the guys start going faster, <laughs> and they speed up. So the guys end up like kind of losing control and they go right over and they end up going right up onto the ground and the car and the the sh- um the boat just hits the shore and stops yeah here we get a little audio of pete screaming hooray and then the boat going to crap <laughs> got him So good. So yeah, the thing like careens off of the out of the water onto onto another beach and bursts into flames immediately. It was awesome. Such a the explosion was amazing, which doesn't I guess doesn't really make sense that the boat exploded, but it's fine. <laughs> so the boat exploded. But yeah, so I don't think we ever see those guys again. No, that's it. That's it for that sequence. They're it could gone. Have, it could have very well served as a nice opening gambit if they were still doing them. Because you never <laughs> see these guys again. But anyway could gloat about that boat chase forever but we have to move on and pretty damn anyway, good. it was it was phenomenal so they pull up on shore and pete starts to apologize to maria for alexander being killed mm-hmm. he and feels responsible i think we pulled this clip did we not yeah. so we pulled this clip um that maria sort of reveals something to pete that he was not aware of so we'll go ahead and let her take over here when I learned that Alex was dead, I, I rushed here as soon as I could. No, I... no, no, Peter. What you heard was a lie. My father isn't dead. What? He's being held secretly in a state mental hospital. Of course. Well, wait a minute. Why this death notice then? Because he is known. Because he is loved. They announce his death and wait. If there is not too much public protest, then he will die. Okay. I think I just got to play this clip again. I think I think this is it. Go ahead. Well, no, 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 this is it. What right is here. it? He's being held secretly in a state mental hospital. Okay. <clears throat> I, I had to comment over it because it was so ridiculous. He's being held secretly in a state mental hospital. Okay. It's brilliant. So I that was less confusing to me about the part where so the part where she talks about how like you know Alexander's a known man. He's a loved man. People love him. So if there is no public protest about his death, then he will die. Die. Right, which makes sense. Well, does it though? If, wait. So if no one protests his fake death, 
they're going to kill him anyway. Is that what she said? Yeah. She R- says, really? Alexander is a known and loved man, so if there's no public protest of his death, then he will die. That's what okay, she, okay, that's what okay, she okay, says. Second, Are you going back? Yeah. All right, listen. They announce his death and wait. If there's not too much public protest, then he will die. So they're going to announce his death. And they're going to wait to see what happens. If right. there's no protest over his death, they're going to kill him anyway. That doesn't make sense. Right. I'm confused about what that means and why they put th- him in a mental institution. That's stupid. If they announce his death and there is no protest, right. people don't care. Unless I'm missing something key here, please let me know, guys. Like, I, it, doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. One more time. All right, listen One to it again. Time. They announce his death and wait. There is not too much public protest. Then he will die. No, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Then I, he, if there's not too much public protest, right? Then he <clears throat> will die. Maybe because he's more valuable alive. But it, he right. goes. So I, yeah. So we'll, we'll we'll maybe something will click as we get a little further into anybody the anybody out there that's a scholar on like Cold War um, goings on, right. please. Clear this up. Let us know there. So they all agree to head into Leningrad, which is where the all the institution is right outside of Leningrad. Right. So they all agree to head in there to free Alexander. So they arrive at the mental institution. Maria is going to volunteer to help in the institution. We don't know what she's going to do yet, but the town takes advantage of cheap labor, as she says. Um, <clears throat> Mac takes the hard part, which is to pretend to be crazy. So we pulled a, another quick clip here of them arriving at the mental institution, and just it's really nice, but just uh, the end of the scene because Max's reaction to Maria's question is is quite is quite funny. There it is. Kind of impressive, right in the middle of nowhere. It's a psychiatric hospital. It has to be isolated. Are you certain we can do this? Nope. I love it. I love it. I just like his his honesty about it. Instead of trying to like sugarcoat him, like yeah, no, this will be fine. He's like, yeah, no, I actually don't know if this is gonna work. Hey, MacGyver, um, do you think that we can get out of here? Nope. Nope. Damn it, <laughs> Mac. I I really don't like it. I really want to know if we can get out of here. Do you think I can climb through this pipe? Nope. Ah, oh, Mac. Come on, man. I want to climb up this ladder. Nope. God damn it, Mac. <laughs> Are, can you at least order a pizza? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I just but I what I like about Mac there is like he's so brutally honest about everything though. He'll he'll tell you exactly like he's like, "Oh, do you think we can make it out of this?" Nope. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so So, okay, so Mac now has to pretend to be crazy. So Pete or Dr. Pete as we say, actually his name I I can't even <laughs> what? Doc Pete Meat? Dr. Pete Meat. I don't even remember what his name was. He had I a, don't either. He gave himself a name. But so anyways, he pretends to be a doctor and he arrives with MacGyver and tells the other doctors that he needs to stay there for a week's observation before he leaves. So Dr. Pete needs to be watching MacGyver for a week so that he can kind of like get a survey of the land. So the doctors agree, but only under the assumption that Pete will only observe and that Mac must live under the Institute's rules. Sure. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, so MacGyver arrives in Ward K, 
which is where he's going to be staying with a basically it's like a it's a who's who of fairly stock mental characters you've got mental characters mental, <laughs> mental patients you've got the guy who's playing the ukulele mm-hmm. you got another guy who's sort of like doing some like tai chi yeah you got a chess chess player big tall strong silent big, guy t- yeah exactly that so says he drinks blood yeah which i kind of liked him his I, name was I drink his name blood. was his name was lopat <laughs> so <laughs> i drink blood so we meet a man named dimitri okay. who explains to macgyver take your pills do as you're told keeps everything under control you're going to be fine then we meet the man we meet lopat who makes a reference to drinking blood dimitri mentions weirdo i know he's such a weirdo but he he comes in handy a couple times over the next the next couple minutes of the episode dimitri mentions that on their side of the ward or the other side of the ward is political and everywhere else everyone else is on the other side which is kind of a parallel to last week's episode as well because you have the political ward in the prison and then you've got everybody else um on in other cells mm-hmm. so uh dr suvarin oh god evil mullet what what a dick <laughs> he really is so dr suvarin tells dimitri do not provoke the other inmates or we'll have to quiet you down again okay <laughs> all right okay so, so dimitri's like okay i won't do it so he kind of like pretends to be a loony he's like oh no i'll cooperate <laughs> He starts like sniffing Doctor Savarin, <laughs> and then he walks away, and everything's fine. So I couldn't get a. Is he actually crazy, or is he just there? I think he's. He might be one of like if we can reference back to like Cuckoo's Nest, like he might just be yeah. a voluntary. Right. I wonder if he's like voluntarily. Like, he just put himself in there from from the episode of Mulleton, not of uh, of Champ and Klein when we right. yeah we talked about Cuckoo's Nest. He might have just been voluntary. It seems like he was because he didn't really right. seem to. He seemed to really have his shit together. He did. So I don't know. It was interesting. They obviously didn't delve too deeply into that because right. that wasn't the episode. But it was interesting. So they ask Mac like, "What are, What are you doing here? Like, what 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 brought you in?" He responds and says, "I am political, but I also drink blood," <laughs> which kind of gets <laughs> Lopat's attention. Is it, oh. Um, the, chess, the chess player asks if the men play chess and that he would gladly play both of them at the same time. So he's talking, he would play the doctor and Mac. Yes, exactly. Yeah, evil mullet and evil Mac. mullet. Yeah. So then Dr. Savarin, God's such a dick. He tells the chess player, he never names, we never named the chess player. I don't so, believe so. No. So he tells the chess player, you're getting a little too excited. <laughs> And he knocks the chess pieces off the board. He gets very protective of the board and starts to, like, hug it. And then Dr. Suvarin explains that they must learn to live together. <laughs> like, I know that he's trying to be intimidating, but what a dick. In such a stupid, irrational it way. It made no sense. He's like, we have to learn to live together. He was playing chess quietly. And by himself, I know. So, yeah, everybody was l- living peacefully and, like... Chess player was just trying to start a game. Like, yeah, Zoinks, yeah. yo, ease up. I think is this where Mac kind of so tests the yeah. Waters? So right after the scene, Mac grabs the chessboard and starts screaming, and we'll go. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. You're right. You're right. You're right. We must do what we must do. We must live together. And- I love that, but yeah, now that I had the headset on and we're listening, like you can really hear 
all the cuts. Yeah. All the audio cuts they made to like kind of piece that crazy scene together. Right, exactly. And at the end, they, basically he's ending up towards like his, a bed, and the orderlies are coming after him with a blackjack. Yeah. And that's when he starts saying, I quit, right here. Nope. Oh, sorry. I quit. I quit. I quit. I quit. <laughs> Which we thought sounded an awful lot like a, a little bit out of a previous episode, last week's episode, with uh, when he was going to get beat up by the guard. By F-Wad. Don't hit. Don't hit. <laughs> Don't hit. But instead he's saying, I quit. I quit. I quit. So basically he buckled. He buckled. buckled under the pressure. He like he did. He didn't follow through. He's like, no, okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm, done. I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't hit me. And they just beat him off the they back of the head. They crack him in the, in the head, and he's immediately out. Knock, <gasps> knocks him unconscious. Poor Mac. So uh, Pete is getting a tour of the whole place, and he keeps asking where they keep the psychotropic meds. <laughs> that is an odd. Like, where, <laughs> where do you keep all the drugs? Where do you keep all the drugs? He's like, well, we keep these here. He's like, no, 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 no. Where do you keep the stronger drugs? Where do you keep the good stuff? Yeah. It's like walking through a bank and being like, okay, okay. where's the safe? Right. He's like, oh, so all the, you keep your money here. Where's the the big bills? Where's the, like, where like, do you keep the big bills? Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, but where's where's the big safe? Right, exactly. Where's the real safe? Exactly. So, where do you keep all your drugs? Dr. Petrovich, who's the woman giving the tour, says that they're locked in a cabinet in my office. Got to keep them away from the from the patients. Okay. Okay, fine. So a man comes in and tells him, tells Dr. P, like, hey, your patient just got violent and you need to take care of him. Yeah. So Pete runs in and we see Mummy Mac. He's wrapped <laughs> in this tarp. Or not like tarp, like a cloth. He's just wrapped really tightly, like a like a swaddle. Yeah, he's not like, like he's strapped down. He's not strapped down. He's no. on a, he's on a, on like a, a gurney or something in a room, just incredibly tightly wrapped. Yeah, he's know. been like he's been like swaddled like a baby. Like he right. cannot move. All you see is like his shoulders and his head sticking out of this blanket. I, I, I suppose he could sit up. He probably could. And he'd have unwrap to, himself. He'd have to use a lot of full, like upper body strength to get yeah. up there. So. I love the look. So Pete, uh, I'm sorry, Mac. Mac is like bitching about how like this should be you, Pete. This shouldn't be me. This should be you. And so I love Mac. Or Pete tells Mac, he's like, all right, all right, just stay cool. And MacGyver has this look like he sits up like briefly and just like tilts his head and just like, the fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> stay cool. Are you serious? I just cracked in the head and now I'm all wrapped up here on a, on a gurney. Yeah. So Pete tells him that like, he's like, all right, so I know where they're keeping the meds. And then Mac tells Pete that there are three politicals in the ward, and one of them should know where Alexander is. Yeah. Pete explains, because Pete's an idiot, while he's like, well, there's a hitch with this plan. He's like, I only brought one set of lockpicks with me, and I can't get them to you to unlock this prison cell, so you're just going to have to figure it out on your own. Mac's like, yeah, fine. Okay, fine. I can figure it out. I'll make my own lockpicks. I know. I know. Which he does, and I'm not sure I buy it, but we'll get to that in a couple (laughs) minutes. Um so, I like this part too. So Pete's like, "All right, good, we've got a plan." So Pete leaves, and Max like, "Oh, hey, Pete!" And Pete yeah. forgets to unravel him. And I just love that scene. He's like, "Pete, hey, what are hey. you?" Oh, right. Oh, I'm sorry. And he loosens him up a little bit, and then he's like, "Come on!" Right. And loosens him up more. Exactly. Like I just like those little touches. Like kind of make those make the parts of the episode worth it. It's, right. It was really. But fun. I, I think it's just funny. Like okay, this room wasn't bugged or something. Right. Right. Like, exactly. No one's very bare room. Just they're just one gurney talking about their plan openly like this. Right. Right. Exactly. So uh. so then we cut back to Ward K and MacGyver's talking to Dimitri about Alexander, and it's revealed that Alexander is in Ward Zero. What? 
He's in Ward Zero. I didn't know there was a Ward Zero. Apparently there is. It doesn't go by letters. It apparently goes by numbers as well. It would make sense if it was like, he's in Ward O as opposed to Ward K, but no, he's in Ward Zero. Ward Zero. So MacGyver has to figure out how to... um, how to basically get out of that cell because the door's locked. So you got to figure out how to do it. And he's like, well, Pete's got, Pete's got the lock picks. So what he does is he breaks a light bulb and mm-hmm. then uses the steel filament support wires yeah. from the bulb to then pick the lock. Right. I, I mean, I buy it or at least f- to um, mess with the, the, uh, the pins in the lock. Yeah. Not sure if it would have the strength to turn the tumbler. Yeah, but- I don't. I don't, know. I, I don't know. I mean, I've never broken a bulb and pulled the filament out. I'm willing to try it. All right, let's do it. Let's do it after this. Okay. So, excuse me. Nice. Oh, I just broke my rule. You just broke the rule, <laughs> David. Um, all right. So once upstairs, he notices he sees a guard going into Ward Zero. So before he proceeds, he does like this whole big, like big, um, what do you want? To, what's the word I'm looking for? It's what, very, not, not contrived. Um, it's just very elaborate. He mm-hmm. makes up this very elaborate um, this plan. So he first plugs the sink in the janitor's closet. Oh, you mean to how he's going to get... Okay, because when he gets out and he... Okay. Yeah, so he's trying to figure out like what he's going to do here. So he's like comes up with this very elaborate plan that he does in a very short period of time. Pretty amazing. It is. So he plugs the sink in the janitor's closet with a cloth. He just kind of shoves it in there and turns the water on. Did he pick the lock to the janitor? No, it was open. It was open. It was open. That's, he only, that's he, not very good protocol in a not. mental hospital. It is not. So then he puts caulk... Caulk? Caulk. I mean like caulking compound? Like caulking compound. So he puts some of that around the rim of a bucket. Okay. Then pours a hardening agent onto the rim, claiming that caulking compound mixed with the proper hardening agent makes a unique version of Russian crazy glue. What the hell was that hardening agent? I don't know. It was just, it was a hardening agent. (laughs) This was like last week's volatile liquid. Right. They don't, they just use a big (laughs) adjective to describe something. (laughs) So yeah, so it's basically a unique version of Russian crazy glue, which sure. I assume would be the same as Gorilla Glue or Tacky Glue. Uh-huh. It's just Russian crazy glue. <laughs> made with caulk. Made with caulking compound. <laughs> so <laughs> MacGyver puts the bucket in the water rim up so that it floats and it kind of bobs up and down. Mm-hmm. He, God, this is so elaborate. He glues a broom handle to the bucket's rim, places a white cloth on the end of the broom handle, sticks it out the doorway to attract the attention of the guard. So when the guard goes in to inspect the device, he's going to pick it up, hands right. get glued to the bucket. So we'll play that little clip. We're going to play this clip, but it's more because the music is actually quite good because the next like minute or two is just MacGyver kind of like looking through and trying to find right. Alexander. A lot of words. running around. Um, but this is the, <clears throat> the orderly or the, 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 the guard uh, finding the weird mop bucket and then this, the ensuing music. Yep. What is this? Oh. Now, he just put his hand on the cock. He, huh? He put his hand on the cock. I thought it was both hands on that cock. He, well, now both hands are stuck on the cock. Cock? Yeah. Cock in a bucket? <clears throat> it's a lot of cock on a bucket. Yeah. He's got his both hands stuck on that cock in that bucket. Yeah. And so MacGyver has now broken in, and he's looking through the ward while the man still has his hand stuck on the cock. Yep. What's going on here? He's now... Ooh. Oh. Oh. Hand still on the cock, oh. but he now notices MacGyver okay. breaking in. Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> 
So we just liked the music. It was pretty cool. Very kind of like nice and tense. Yeah. It, it kind of helps the scene regardless of whether or not the man had his hands on a cock. I don't know. <laughs> so, all right. So Mac gets through the ward, but the guard then sees him, triggers the alarm. The men in Ward K are planning this like pretty large diversion to sort of go crazy for a little bit here. Yeah. This is weird. This is weird. <clears throat> like- Low Pat takes the guard out. Because he's enormous. He's huge. He's very He's very much like F-Wad from last week. He's much like F-Wad. Yes, yes exactly. So <laughs> this whole thing goes out. They kind of go crazy. They start like attacking the guards, and they're just doing their crazy thing. Mm-hmm. And while this is happening, MacGyver finds Alexander, uses the filaments again to pick the lock of the cell. To get into his cell, which looks like a library. Yes. It's loaded with books. Beautifully set up. Like, if you're a political prisoner... Wouldn't they want to isolate you? Right. Instead of like finding books to read and like learning more about. <laughs> and once Mac gets, this is what I, I thought was funny. Mac picks the lock, introduces who he is, gets in the room, shuts the door behind him. Yep. And then the guy says, and once he hears, because all that stuff's going on in the, uh, in the right. other ward, and the alarms start going off. Yes. The guy's like, oh, well, I'm the only prisoner in this ward, so they're going to search my room and then they're going to find you here. Right. He's like, you really didn't think this through, did no, you? No, he didn't at all, at all. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. And then we cut to commercial and we come back and MacGyver and Alexander are now on the run. Because he picked the lock again to get out? <laughs> to get him back out. Like he locked himself in, then picked the lock to get himself back out. He must have. It doesn't make sense. It was make very sense. bizarre. So meanwhile, now these two two orderlies find the guard that Lopat attacked, Yeah. only to then be attacked by Lopat again. Yeah, and he, like, demolishes them. Oh, he obliterates them. It's amazing. So the orderlies then attempt to sort of, like, calm the patients down mm-hmm. in Ward K, and for the moment, they succeed, and they kind of get everything sort of back in order. Pete gets a hold of the psychotropic meds. By getting into the office and... and with and, his lock picks. With his, his real lock picks. Yes. I... <laughs> And then picks the safe in this, this doctor's office and gets the psy- psychotropic drugs yes. out of the safe. What I love about this is when he pulls one of the lock picks out of his little kit, yeah. he has this like dummy smile like, this is the one I want. This is the one. I was like, what are you doing? He's such a goofball. I like Mac, Mac had to pick a lock with a light bulb. <laughs> I've got this one. I'm gonna do. Oh, look, it's not me. But he was Pete. so much more delicate than Mac, too, like going in to like pick the lock. No. So, yeah. So, like Greg just said, yeah, he pulls the he pulls the meds and he puts them in his pocket. S- stuffs them in his pocket. like St- Yeah, just forcefully. Like baggies of, of these dangerous drugs. Just <laughs> sticks them in his pocket. So, Dr. Savarin, evil mullet. Dick. Um, plays mean again and then threatens the inmates. Uh, and he tells the chess player, don't touch that chessboard until I've given you permission. In case you forgot... Well, from earlier. Well, this is after so um Lopat yes. is in a straight jacket. Yes. And Dr. Evil Mullet is going to give him uh, a quieting an, an, agent. A quieting agent which does something horrible to him. They don't actually say, but they, it's something like, really bad and and Dimitri mentions it like you don't want to do this again. Yeah. Yeah, and then that's where the the chess player says something about the drug like he knows what this drug is that's like right. he's a doctor at some point that's right and evil mullet's like oh so you have a medical background probably and then <laughs> that's when he gets mad about the chessboard oh okay got and it. says you can't touch your chessboard and he just puts it up on the shelf with like on his, this guy's desk on chess player's desk yeah yeah and he says you can't touch it he's like Meep. yeah <laughs> like just like all fidgeting he like, reminded ah! me he reminded me a lot of like martini 
Danny Danny DeVito's character from sure. Cuckoo's Nest, just because okay. like the, he was like kind of an always smiling, like manic, like he's really nervous about everything. So then we cut back to Pete. He leaves the doctor's office and he quote unquote he he drops one of the bags of psychotropic meds quote on the unquote, ground. I mean, he, he didn't know he dropped it. Though. I think no, I think he did. I don't think so. You don't think he did? No, he no because he came he came out of the closet he was hiding in because evil mullet came in to snoop around. Yep, and he saw. Oh no. No, no. Okay, I got it backwards. But he hid in the closet. Yep. And as he was leaving, he put his hand in his pocket because he had the drugs in his hands. Yep. And as he was doing that, one fell out. And he walked. Hmm. I don't think he did it on purpose. See, that's funny because I took it as him doing it on purpose so that Suvaran would find it and maybe implicate the two of them to kind of move the plan forward. Because when Suvaran <laughs> finds it and then confronts him and the the, the female doctor, I forget her name. Something like that. When he confronts them about it, Pete legitimately seems concerned. Okay. Interesting. Huh. Are we are we discrepancying? I don't know. Because I thought he was he suspected this foul play and I thought Pete did it like on purpose. Yeah. But I'll maybe I'll have to watch it again. Huh. In, that's interesting. I didn't hmm. I didn't see it as that. Hmm. All right. So so yeah, so back in Ward K, MacGyver distracts a doctor while Dimitri sneaks Alexander in behind him. Like he's distracting this doctor, he's like showing him out the window, and right. then Dimitri sneaks um, <laughs> sneaks Alexander in and kind of like just hides him behind a partition. Yeah, it's like okay. until the other doctor leaves because uh, one of the characters, I forget who it was, was like, "I need my meds," and the doctor's like, "All right, I'll go. Get I can't him. sleep. I can't sleep. I need my. I need to go to sleep." Right. So MacGyver explains to Alexander after the doctor leaves that Maria has volunteered to work in the cafeteria the next morning yeah. and that the final part of the plan involves Pete is going to go off in the morning, which is about five hours from that time. Right. But Pete and that female doctor friend are now locked up right. because Savarin found the drugs, but he put them together in the same room. Places them under house arrest in the same room. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair enough. So... Then the inmates stage a coup mm-hmm. once again, and they overtake all the guards pretty easily, tying them all up in the process, putting one of them, I think Lopat puts one of them in a closet. And so this is what I, I love this because they come after Suvarn and they take him out. Oh, I love God, it because yes. the chess player picks up his chessboard and then in slow motion runs towards Suvarin and cracks the chessboard right over like, his head. Breaks it. And then they kind of like tie him off and they kind of keep him and hold him hostage. Uh-huh. MacGyver runs to the door, opens it. A guard is standing there. MacGyver takes both fists, clamps together, and roundhouse punches the guard to the ground. But while he does it, does a complete 360 in the air. He's like, oh, dude. Used so much force to knock that guy out that he spun himself completely around. And then he just hits the ground flat on his back. That was amazing. <laughs> it was so good. Um, so, so they tie him up and they tie up... Uh, uh, they tie up Dr. Suvarn, and then what I love about the, that scene after that is that the chess player is playing chess with Dr. Suvarn. He's like, oh, let, let me move that for you. It's like, yeah, oh. and he has no chess board. He's just playing on the desk <laughs> right? with the chess pieces. Yeah. He's like, oh, and you're Su- a very good player. And Suvarn's like in a straight jacket with duct tape on his mouth. He's yeah. like, <laughs> trying to, <laughs> yes. And he's like, that is called checkmate. <laughs> you, are, you are a very skilled chess player. <laughs> It was. It didn't really because you never really see Suvarin in the rest of the episode. But like, it was just a nice like he got his comeuppance. Yeah, you're a prick. He's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna play around with you for a little while. What did you call him? A a poor Kurt Russell. Poor man's Kurt Russell. Does what he look like? He looked like like a poor man's Kurt Russell. Idiot. 
Um, all right, so back in the cafeteria, uh, Pete hands Maria the psychotropic mixture. He says, put this in their tea. I don't know if he says put it in the tea, but he's like, find a way to get them to ingest this. Right, because they got out. Yeah. Pete and the what's-her-name got out. I, for, okay. I think Mac just broke them out. That's right. So... She's like, okay. So she kind of dumps the whole thing into the teapot. Right. They start drinking it, and then they kind of just start getting really loopy and, and very happy. Must They're, have been like LSD or something. It was some sort of a... Yeah, it was very... I don't know if they were hallucinating, but they were just very happy, very flighty. They weren't really paying attention They're to anything. They were getting kind of was, like feely touchy with yeah, each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's their cue. They're like, all right, let's go. That's it. So we're done. Go. And what I love about that, too, is like Mac basically explains what's happening. He's like, oh, no, we're breaking out. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I love that too. Okay. He's like, you know, we're just going to break out of here. We're going to leave and get everybody out. Yeah. And that's exactly what they do. They open the doors. All the inmates just scatter. Right. <laughs> out the front of the institution. So they came in for this one political prisoner and release everybody. Right. And what I what I love about that is like you have to imagine that some of these inmates have, may have been in there for a long time and they would have... <laughs> assuming they would have just gone completely mental no right. no pun intended right for being out in the real world and they just <laughs> scatter and disappear and you never like that's but it's it. funny you get a shot of the outside and you're like you see the outside of the hospital again and you're like oh my god this place is gigantic yeah and there's only like you see 10 three, you people see like, working there and you see like three rooms three rooms maybe maybe 20 inmates total right and a handful of, of employees yeah and that's it yeah it was this it was unbelievable. Gigantic building and they're all <laughs> they're all gone. I love it. I love it. So they kind of have a moment of just like, "Oh, we did it. We got you out." And so Pete basically says to Alexander like, "Hey, why don't you come back with us to the states? You can live your life there." Alexander refuses and was like, "You know what? No, Pete, you gave me a second chance at life. I'm going to take advantage of that. I'm going to stay here." Mm-hmm. But he does encourage Maria to go with them back to the states. Because then she can live out her life there. Right. Because if, if something ever happens to the father, then they're going to come back sure, for Maria. That's right. Which makes sense. So so she goes away. So she goes away. So Alexander decides to stay, and Pete, Maria, MacGyver, and Dr. Petrovich, because <laughs> Pete was the one who was like, well, why don't you come back with us, and you can start a practice, you can, run, you can open your own business out there, you can do this, and she's like... Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'll do that. Not realizing that she's probably going to have to relearn a lot of stuff back in the States. Right. Like, you're not certified in the States for all these things. So they say their goodbyes to Alexander, all four of them, and they kind of watch him leave. And the kind of music swells and fades up and the kind of the camera pans away. And we have a freeze frame on this bronze statue. And the episode ends right there. That's it. That's it. It's so, it's a weird one. And MacGyver is clearly wearing a woman's mink coat. In that final scene, he is. If you guys look at our Instagram page, you'll see it. It was the most recent photo posted. It's just, it's just amazing. Um, oh, it's so good. So I know that we really picked apart a couple of scenes here, but I <laughs> thought this episode was one of the best we've seen this season. Yeah, um, it was nice. To, I liked MacGyver. Had a lot of fun playing crazy. I thought the tension was there during the breakout. The car, uh, the car chase, the boat chase scene was very tense. You know, I felt like that at any time, at least to me, like it felt like the inmates could could lose. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. You know, I, and felt I, it too. I thought that was good. I, I thought the guards were a little dim. Um, yeah. They, okay. They were kind of like dummies, okay. which it wasn't a huge bother for me. I just thought it was a phenomenal episode, and I'm going to give it the only. This is the second episode only this season that I'm going to award five mullets to. I'm only going to give it four and a half. Oh come on! Oh shut up! Okay, go ahead. I'm just going to give it four and a half. Would you dock the half point for just some of the just some of the weirdness? There's okay. a little weirdness. Okay. Um, 
there wasn't there wasn't like a, a romantic interest. No. So it lost I mean, a unless you count that. Pete and Dr. Petrovich cuz there was a mm. there was a time when you didn't actually see what they were doing when they were trapped in the So maybe I'll bo- boost it. I don't do I usually don't do quarter points, but maybe I'll go to 4.75. <laughs> Don't do that because of me. You're giving me some thoughts, so maybe I can extrapolate that that, that meaty Pete and Petrovich. Pete. <laughs> meaty Pete and Petrovich. That's the that's the name of the episode right there. Okay, there it is. Meaty Pete and Petrovich. <laughs> maybe they had some fling with some psych, psychotropic drugs. Who knows? But anyway, fantastic episode. It was it was. I, I, they really kind of come into their own this season in the latter half. There's been some phenomenal episodes, and hopefully. Next week, we'll end the season with a near classic. Oh, I hope um, so. Next week's episode is the season one finale, episode 22, called The Assassin. In order to capture a brilliant assassin and a master of disguise, MacGyver risks death by posing as the killer. Ooh. Wow. That sounds fantastic. That sounds like, like a I kind of want to watch it after this. I know. It looks really good. So yeah, so that's next week's episode. So we've got our season finale coming up next week. Yep. Um, we've actually got a bonus episode that same weekend uh, for you guys. It's basically going to be a recap of our whole season, uh, talking about some of our favorite moments, our favorite characters, you know, how many love interests. Yeah, going to touch on all the episodes. Yeah, so we're going to throw that out there. Um, so these episodes release every Friday. It'll be out at some point over the weekend, so you guys will have two episodes this week uh, to listen to, so be on the lookout for that. Um, this was a good episode, so next week's season finale. Anything else we want to add before we uh, before we conclude for the week? I'm uh, I'm Pete pumped up. You are Pete pumped? I'm so Pete pumped. Give a little Pete pump? Uh, Give a little Pete pump in action going uh, on there? Uh, 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 <laughs> oh, dear. Let's close it out before we get in trouble. All right, guys. All right. For Mullets and Memories this week, I am your host, Dave Champa. I'm Greg Klein. Have a fantastic week, guys. Well, and maybe it's time.